1: work
0: all day, stress all night, take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bought it's the way you think, not what you've got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now.
1: This segment of Unlock Your Wealth Radio is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Mm -hmm. Kindle, or MP3 player. And perhaps you could click on the link to check out one of my books for free. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yay! (laughs) So uh, thanks so much for stopping by, everybody. Welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I am your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagenhalls, and I am Planked by the maestro of Moolah, Michael Terry. Hey folks. And we are gonna help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. So we uh, we had so much fun last week with Moolah Word of the Day and we did a Moolah word comparison. We're gonna do it again this week. Uh, Michael really liked it and um and he uh, he brought up a good question. And, well, Medicare versus Medicaid is what we're going to talk about oh, yeah. on Moolah Word of the Day. Great we stuff. also have a great guest coming on, and we're going to talk about student loans. Oh,
0: boy.
1: Are we ever going to pay them off?
0: Are and, we? And, I, and I co-signed one.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you... Need an on-air lecture? I'm going to chastise just- <laughs> and berate you. Oh God, tell me about it. <laughs> I've already done <laughs> naughty, it. naughty. not I did it
0: many, many years ago. So, so get
1: him to refinance um, and take you off.
0: Yeah, he'd never. They'd never. With his credit, they'd never approve it.
1: Just, Shame on
0: you. It's a small payment. He can handle it. So,
1: all Come right. On. Well just remember there's no co-signing it's only co-borrowing. Yeah. There it's a misnomer that you're, so you're co-signing so cuz you're 100% obligated for that debt. Yeah. That's you know that that joint and several liability, you know if you get divorced and one moves out and one in and one party gets the house in the divorce Mm-mm. um but you never take your name off the mortgage and let's say they default and it goes into foreclosure, guess who they're coming after? You who doesn't even live there anymore. Well, he and we can make this quick. He he borrowed at a at a very high rate and then had the opportunity to consolidate at a very low rate. And the only way he was going to get that low rate was a cosine. So I did it. I did it. It was one of those enabling I think the bank of dad needs to close permanently. <laughs> it hasn't it hasn't written a check in about three and a half years. Now. Oh good. All it's right. It's been a long time. Alright, well we're moving forward then. Move forward. All right. So, uh, and in the vein of moving right along, what is this week's key?
0: Uh, create credit.
1: Numero number nueve. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs>
0: number nine.
1: Remember, the, remember number nine? Revolution number nine. Yes. I remember <laughs> Never nine. The, the, the Beatles. The, the Beatles. <laughs>
0: right here on our stage. <laughs> that was actually a bad Ed That was Sullivan. a good, I was going to say, that was
1: a pretty good Ed Sullivan. Hmm. For what it was, I for me, being... I used to do a better one. Oh, okay. Well, I'll let you work on it. Warm up the pipes, and then we'll k- pick <laughs> pick up Ed a little bit later. He can join the <laughs> broadcast. Uh, so, uh, but let's get rid of uh, our moolah word of the day. Get that situated first, um, and that would be Medicare versus Medicaid. What is the difference? So, Medicare and Medicaid are both government programs. They both relate to healthcare. And both are in the news much of the time. Oh, and I love the author of this, by the way. This is uh, from InvestorWords.com. He says, and both begin with the letter M. <laughs> and, but it's easy enough to confuse the two programs, but that's the extent of the similarities. For the most part, each program provides benefits to a different segment of the population, though there can be overlap in certain circumstances. So let's start with Medicare. For the most part, Medicare is a health insurance program, but one provided by the U.S. federal government. Throughout your life, you pay into the system through payroll taxes that are split between you and your employer. And when you are eligible for benefits, you will also pay a monthly premium although a small one, for participating in the medical services and prescription drug portions of the program. If you have paid payroll taxes into the program for at least 40 quarters, which is 10 years when people don't turn off their cell phone ringers, and uh, you will not be required to pay premiums for the hospital portion of the plan. But if you have paid in for less, there's a sliding scale on premiums, and they can be substantial, so you have to be careful. Uh, And as just the case with most other health insurance plans, you'll have co-payments and deductibles. It's primarily for people over 65, but it also extends to younger people who are deemed disabled. So let's switch gears now and talk about Medicaid. Medicaid is a healthcare assistance program. It is a government program, but one in which funding for the plan is shared between the federal and state governments while being administered by each state individually. There are no premiums paid into the program since it is funded out of the general federal and state tax revenues. Patients may be responsible for small copays, and these vary from state to state and from one type of treatment to another. Though it is a federal program, details also vary state to state. And the state must operate under federal guidelines established for the plan. But it Medicaid is specifically set up to provide health benefits for low-income people, and you must qualify based on an income that is a percentage of the federal poverty level for your family status, but less than 200%. So they base it on family size, number of people in the family, and then your income. Since the program is administered by each of the 50 states, each state has its own name for the program. For example, in California. California. California, the program goes by Medi-Cal, while in Massachusetts, it's called MassHealth. So about 8.3 million people who are on Medicare also participate in Medicaid, and these people are referred to as dual eligible. It includes four and a half million seniors, 65 and over, and 3.7 million people who are disabled and a part of the Medicare program as a result. So, that's what you need to know about the differences between Medicare versus Medicaid. And let's pick up back. We, you know, I talked about the key, but I didn't really talk about the key. So, this week's key is create credit, number nine. Number nine as you said. And so for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We are so glad that you stopped by. So um, The Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, Save and invest, all while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do this one key at a time, one week at a time, but not here anymore because the Key to Riches has become so popular now that we have actually created its very own syndicated show. So if you want to learn more about this week's key in creating credit and specifically what goes into a credit profile and what is the ideal credit profile that you need to have so you can start with. Next week's key, which is going to be Remember Real Estate, and this is all about positioning yourself so you can leverage yourself successfully and strategically, Uh, and you need to figure out where you are with your credit because then next week we're going to measure how close to or far away from we are at starting real estate as an investment opportunity for us. And so we need to learn what goes into a good credit profile and how to fix what it is that's gone sideways. And so DeNiro, the Prosperity Pucci, has some specific thoughts about that. But in addition to DeNiro, I will share with you the specific techniques that you need to create the ideal credit profile so you can start building wealth right now. And so in order to get that show, you can listen to it here on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, uh, where you hear this show. You can also get this, but you can also visit its own website at keystoriches.com, where we have each key every day. You can listen to them all back to back if you'd like, plus all the resources that are there to help you create financial independence and get your money mind right. So your wealth and happiness will follow are all located there. Cool. And now we have a great guest, don't we? Bingo. Yeah. For Medicare. By the way, I forgot to mention that this week's key is not held on this show anymore. You have to visit the Keys to Riches Financial Philosophy and its show at its own website at keys dot com. It's grown so big it became its own syndicated show. So that's it for moolah word and this week's key, which was create credit. Uh, But we are going to be talking with and joined by Brad Williams of Brad Williams Financial Services. Brad has over 25 years of addressing the financial concerns of retirees and business owners. Add his strong communication skills, and Brad, after first listening to his clients' needs and concerns, is able to simplify and explain in everyday language even the most complex concepts and alternatives. He treasures the trust his clients have placed in him and safeguards it by his words and actions. His reputation for unquestioned integrity is far more important to him than any fee or commission. For these reasons and more, Brad often forms close personal relationships with his clients. While he can be described as a personable and caring person with a passion for his work, his most accurate characterization might be the consummate professional. His singular goal is to treat his clients as if they were his own parents and help them build a sound financial foundation for their financial house. By any measure, some say he is an advisor worth standing in line to do business with. And in addition to that, he joins us here at Unlock Your Wealth Radio to talk about this growing problem that I keep mentioning over and over from Mike Rowe, the guy that used to host Dirty Jobs, and who's really tired it started to shine the light on the big problem we have with the amount of student debt here in the U.S. And in addition to that, we have to focus on how are we going to pay this off? And so Brad Williams joins us to talk about this very topic. Brad, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. It's so great to have you a part of our show today.
0: Oh, I appreciate you having me. I'm
1: so excited to talk to you today because this is a growing problem and it's scary when we think about it. Um, Will I be paying student loans until the day I die?
0: Yeah, that's scary, isn't it? Yes. My son will. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Michael Sunwell. You know, I mean I, I I think about this, you know, Mike Rowe did a fantastic interview with Reason TV uh several years ago now, and he talked about the big inescapable problem of student debt here in America like as a budgetary concern. You know, for right. for Americans as as a whole, we, we you know, we we usually only think about the micro aspect of it is oh my gosh, I I've got these student loans, but America has all of this student loan debt. And um,
0: yet, yeah, you know, when you go back, you know, in 93, uh, around the 93 area uh, or era, I should say, about half a bachelor's degree uh, recipients graduated with debt. And, and that was yeah, probably about $10,000. Now, this year, more than two thirds are grad, going to graduate with debt. And that's going to average about $35,000, and expected, it, that's expected to triple in the next two decades.
1: Oh, man. oh, that's just an insane amount of money.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah, when you then when you think about, you know, family income's been flat since 2000 when you really look at the numbers. And so, you know, the families are having a harder and harder time to um, – To come up with money for college, so, you know, that loan is that that thing that's dangled out there, and, uh, um, you know, it's it's pretty substantial, and, uh, uh, you know, it's causing some people to go to public colleges, you know, instead of private colleges, but uh, the key is, what's it getting you? You know what you ought to look at is what what you're spending money for. What do you? What is it getting you?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I don't know that my barista needs to have an MBA at the local Starbucks. I'm thinking. That's right. But most of them do because they're they're stuck. They got degrees, you know, and, and this is probably another larger discussion, maybe for another time. But I think about the philosophical ramifications of telling people to follow their passions. And um, there's just not a big market for people with degrees in underwater basket weaving as fun as it might be
0: you know it's it's funny you would say that 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 very thing because I've often joked that you know so now you got fifty thousand dollars of student debt and you got a degree in middle Eastern basket weaving. when did you think you went wrong <laughs> and uh, if you ever it, did you know, that's right <laughs> that's the
1: bigger problem half of them think that it's not that it's not them that's the problem
0: and you you got you know you look at what it gets you i I actually have a client who's a doctor who has more student debt than most people pay for a house, okay? But he's got a specialist degree, and he makes more than that amount every year. And so his ability to pay that loan back, um, you know, is is pretty substantial. I mean, he's going to do it, and we're helping him do it early. But the, the, the key question you ought to sit down with your kids and what you ought to be asking yourself if you're going back to college is, is the degree that I'm going after worth the amount of money I'm going to spend for it? And that, that's a big question. That, and with, with uh, dangling this student loan, um, you know, and the more the government gets involved in the student loan business, the more leeway it gives the colleges to jack up tuition, and then it becomes just this this vicious cycle of more student loan becomes available, colleges raise their tuition when i went to uh, my first couple of years where a junior college in 1975 is when i started i graduated from high school i paid 120 dollars per quarter for a full load including the lab think about that and that was a and that was a good junior college in atlanta uh think about what that is now it's incredible my daughter just graduated two years ago from auburn and got a degree in mathematics and has a good job now but uh uh, the fact of the matter is, we got her out with no student loan, but it cost about twenty five thousand dollars a year to do that.
1: Oh yeah, it's you know the price is is crazy, and I don't even think that when people take on the debt, they think, oh yeah, it's going to cost thirty five thousand to go to college for my degree, and but it's not thirty five. It's thirty five thousand dollars. At whatever interest rate over so many years that it takes to pay it off,
0: right? You're exactly right, and uh, and that's a you know that's a question a lot of people ought to ask is when they amortize it out, is the lo- the money I'm going to make from this degree over a ten year period is probably a good way to do it? Can I pay it back in a ten year period? And and if the answer is no, then maybe they need to rethink either uh, getting a loan or or the degree. And you know, I, I know when I was growing up. And you didn't have money for college, you know, you might go a semester and then take a semester off and work or, you know, people just kind of work their way through school. And now there's so many people that just feel like, well, I got to just take a loan and be a full-time student so I can party all the time because that's, you know, (laughs) I mean, that's what a lot of them do.
1: Right. Well, I, I had to work when I was in college, and I had to pay for it myself. And then when my mother got sick, you know, because she was from, you know, she was born in the 30s, so she was of that mindset that you educated your sons and you married off your daughters. So when it came time to have somebody take care of her, uh, I was the al- also the oldest, and my, my little brother had a scholarship, so I was the one that was forced to drop out to take care of her.
0: Yeah. And that's what's you know, as I look at my daughter— who is 24 now, um, student debt is causing a lot of her friends to delay things, you know, buying a house, um, getting married, definitely having kids, uh, because all they can think of is I got this big payment I got to make every month. And, uh, and so that is going to influence the economy too. So yeah, you got these kids that are coming into the, uh, um, economy with degrees, uh, although jobs are harder to find now, good jobs are harder to find. But even then, before they can start buying consumer commodities, they got to pay the debt off.
1: Yes. You are listening to Brad Williams at from Brad Williams Financial Services. This segment of Unlock Your Wealth Radio is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners today with their special promo code. Visit UnlockYourWealthRadio.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use Promo code WAGS. So, what what are just is there a range right now that student loan interest rates are kind of
0: floating at? You know, uh, I don't have the most recent, but you know, there there. It's not that the interest rate is so high; it's the amount of money you're paying on, and um, and then of course that accrues and. Then you you know it squeezes out other other needs that that people have and you know a big thing they got to look at too is that um, the impact long term you cannot get rid of student debt in bankruptcy yes it, it goes with you throughout your life. it
1: will survive and it.
0: when you default on a federal student loan they could come and get your tax return they could garnish your wages without a court order I mean just the IRS coming in and saying we need that money and Keeping their credit rating down is going to, you know, keep them from buying a home. And so when you look at all these ramifications of just taking on debt without really examining whether it's worth it or not.
1: Yes. And and that's the, the bigger question, you know, because we hear statistics like, you know, 87% of millionaires are college graduates, but not all college graduates are millionaires. So you wonder, well, what does that mean? You know, cause I'm, I'm a part of the 13 percenter. Yeah. I mean, I'm a 13 percenter in that respect. And so is my husband. He, he never graduated from college. He went to like a tool and die school back in the day when you uh-huh. could get tradesman degrees, but they weren't like a four year bachelor's degree. What? Um, but, uh, so, so I became wealthy, um, and, and built my own wealth, um, by being part of the 13 percenters. Um, uh, but it was so much harder. You know, I always felt like when I was in the jobs market that, you know, that I was at a disadvantage. Uh, But it did foster my ability to read, though, and I read like still today two or three books a week at least because I was always so petrified of not um, being good enough in the marketplace um, because I was so afraid of these people with this four-year piece of paper that half of the time I felt like I was smarter than them.
0: (laughs) Well, and, you know, in a lot of cases you may may well have been because a lot of people Um, look at at getting a degree is the end you know I I have a black belt in martial arts and I can't tell you how many people I've seen come in through the studies and as soon as they get their black belt they quit well that's really when the study just begins And college is the same way. College is there to teach you how to learn. And a lot of people think, well, I've got that ticket punch. My learning stops, and the doors ought to all be open for me. And that's just not the case, especially with some of the the generalized degrees that they're handing out these days. And you mentioned something about trades. Some of my wealthiest clients don't have degrees either. They're plumbers. They're electricians. They provide valuable services that people will pay for in any economy. And with the economy as tight as it is, that's the kind of the attitude that people ought to have is, you know, if I'm going into this field, what will it do for me? Who, who will be wanting to use my services?
1: Yeah, I think that, that you know, this... Um this swing and i and i think of you know social norms is kind of like a pendulum that kind of swings back and forth and you know a lot of the millennials and now we have generation z coming up through the ranks and they're graduating they're starting to graduate now and enter the job market and there was this There's this pendulum seems to have been, you know, work really, really hard um, to now this whole idea of life balance. And I don't want to work as hard as my parents did. I watched them kill themselves, you know, but they were able to reap all of the luxuries and benefits of their parents killing themselves in the lifestyle that they grew up with. And they don't associate that, you know, But but they've been keyed into, I just need to follow my passion. And then they get frustrated when their passion doesn't pay.
0: And And you know following your passion, there's nothing wrong with it. you can do that as a hobby you can do you can do it as your career just don't expect to drive a Porsche you know i mean the, money's not everything, and some people are very happy not having much but that being said if you want if you want a house and you want to build you know what what is considered a you know the american dream, you know you got to have marketable skills and and one of the issues we're having too in college is uh is there's a lot of people taking on these uh, student loans that don't ever degree, that don't ever get a degree, and in fact, uh, I was reading a study about SAT scores as predictive results. Um, that if you look at if you look at SAT scores and those who are in the lower end of that, most likely will not get a degree, and so maybe they need to be looking at trade schools or something.
1: But you can have six figures a year easily as a tradesman or a craftsman. You know, you the, bet. Mike Rowe has that foundation. I'm a big fan of his, the the dirty jobs guy, and he has a foundation that helps people go get you know skilled trade jobs. You know, and, and you know, I just I don't like the idea that um, we take them for granted because they get their hands dirty.
0: Yeah, because somebody has to, and somebody's going to be willing to pay for it. And and frankly, uh, I'm like you. I never got a degree. Um, I went to college, and I started in the business. And you know, my business experiences took me many places that, that that a degree wouldn't. And I'm a voracious reader as well, and so I can sit and 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 because I love history and economics, sit there and discuss with. I dated a girl once who had an economics degree from Auburn University. She didn't have a clue about economics. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. And when she wasn't smart, it's just that she went to the classes, got the tickets punched. As soon as she graduated, she forgot all about it. And it used to be when people went to college, they went to get an education. Now they go to get a piece of paper so they can get a job. You know, one of the greatest federal programs was the GI Bill. All these guys came back from World War II. They went to college, and they were getting electrical engineering, mechanical engineering degrees, and, and things like this. And they helped build the country the way it is because they were learning things that directly applied to the economy. Whereas so many of these degrees are so general they they're really not even worth it and then you got a bill to, to top it off.
1: Right. I mean my brother did the GI bill and then he wound up being career military, he just uh, retired after 25 years of service. So uh, and he's a war veteran too. So I mean, and and he's pursuing his I don't know fourth degree right now in another uh, another engineering degree, um, because uh, he doesn't have enough degrees. Apparently, he's he's made up for the ones that I don't have. But you know, I became a stockbroker too. That you know, when I dropped out and I found out, I'm like, you don't have to have a college degree. I interviewed, and a lot of the prestigious firms wanted college degrees. But I had a guy that bet on me, and I was the only person. I was the only female, and in office full of 40 men even the receptionist was a male and he taught me how to sell and I outsold every one of those kids that had a college degree because he taught me like a valuable skill to be able to sell and 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 he said you know what people are going to buy you Heather once you establish the relationship and, and as long as your picks are going up they're buying you every time and uh some of the most valuable advice I got
0: that 's what the kids today and my fortunately my my two daughters end up with a, a good work ethic because I taught it to them, but I was similar to you when i you know uh, when I went into this business in the financial services business, um, I had been successful at a small startup company called federal Express, and it worked my way up through there back when they were just starting and um, got caught the eye of my financial planner and they offered me a job and I went in there and i didn't I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anybody. I went out. I shook hands. I passed out cards. I did this. I did that. And, you know, I wasn't doing as well as some of the other guys that first year who had graduated from Alabama. And I sat down with my manager and I said, you know, I'm working hard and they're just doing better. He says, don't you worry, Brad. You're learning the business. He said, when they run out of their fraternity brothers to sell, they're going to have to learn what you're learning now. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened. Oh, The next year, the second, third year, all the work I put in paid off. And those guys, most of those guys are out of business. So it's all about sweat equity. I have my own firm now. That's right.
1: That's outstanding. It's all
0: about sweat equity.
1: So uh, what can folks expect from Brad Williams Financial Services if they wanted to become a client? What, kind, what makes you different than the
0: rest? Well, I'm all about process. You know, when I sit down in a first meeting with a client, uh, the, the purpose of the first meeting is simply to determine whether we have the basis to meet again. And once we get to the end of that meeting, we schedule our second meeting, we begin the process of planning, and I help my clients build their financial house from the foundation up in all the areas that we feel we need to address. And then I constantly, constantly monitor it and meet with them on a regular basis to make sure that we're staying on track.
1: Outstanding. Well, if folks want to get a hold of you and see and, and take that first meeting and see how things go, where can folks find you, Brad?
0: Well, um, it's fairly simple. My website uh, is askbradwilliams.com. So if you've got a financial question, you just ask Brad Williams. So uh, uh, my phone number in Huntsville is 256. 256- 536-3075.
1: Well, thank you so much for being a part of today's show, Brad. And for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can get all of the links and numbers to Brad's website and so much more. For the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today.
0: UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches financial wellness series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.